This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's start the show. Come on then, Maureen. She's excited to start. She's got something to say. What is it, Maureen? Well, I, what I've got to say is we've got to finish soon, so we've got to get this going. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. No, I was just going to say, how was your week? That's all I was going to say. Great. That was worth waiting for. What were we doing before Maureen logged on <laughs> half an hour late? <laughs> what were we doing? Well, I'm going to talk about my week then, if no one else is going to talk about their week. I'm going to talk about my week, which made me realise that I don't do anything really apart from gig and sleep. So that was it, basically. I slept a lot because I'm depressed, which is how I deal with, with depression. I just sleep all the time. Um, I gigged, had a great weekend at the Birmingham Glee. Very great weekend. There may have been the odd Baileys that passed my lips. So uh, people taking the mick about the fact that I claim I don't drink, but then I can demolish quite a quantity of, of Baileys when I put my... Mine to it. Yeah. Oh, even better. I got a new, thanks to the manager there, I got a new twist on it. Bailey's and amaretto in the same glass. Of sugary alcohol. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I've just had some good news. My One of my best mates from Austria might be coming over to visit, so I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, that's great, Maureen. That is lovely. That I think all that, all that kind of stuff makes all the difference. We're talking about this time of year, how it's tricky. You, Maureen, have been going through what can only be described as a horrific time with your housing. Um, it is all of these things. No, but look, I'm not... We mustn't be reductive about these things. They, they massively impact on our mental health. And you, and your home is your castle. That's where you should, at the bare minimum, be able to relax and feel, uh, you know, safe without having all of these, uh, it, like, nightmares. Anyway, we won't go into the actual detail of it because it's all very well uh... documented on my social media. <laughs> 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 but I think, listen, if we're going to acknowledge, we're going to acknowledge that this week all of us are not on tip, tippity-top form for various different reasons. Each and every one of us is feeling a little bit fragile. And I think that's okay to admit. I think that's A-okay to say we are not bulletproof and, you know, times are tricky. And, you know, on top of that, the weather is absolutely <laughs> 
Stony Grey out there. I'm looking out the window. It's Stony Grey. Do you know, that was one of the reasons why it was nice having a weekend at the Glee Birmingham because it's such a lovely gig and they spool you so well. They do. And if you're if you're on with some nice people and then you can have a little mooch about in the day, go, go and have lunch or go and have a, a late breakfast, whatever, and just, you know, not spend all day in the... I mean, this is rich coming from me. There's nothing I love more than to spend an entire day in a hotel watching Netflix. Oh, because Jen, you, you did something last week, didn't you? You actually did some TV recording, didn't you? Yes, I did. I recorded Mot the Week. That was what I did. Yay! Yay! Have you seen it? Have you watched? I haven't watched it yet. I watched it. It was fantastic. Oh, thank you. I didn't watch it. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jen, you had some absolute zingers. You had some strong zingers. You were fucking on point. I it was it was a joy for me to watch. I think I was just so excited because I was like, that's my friend. Look at how good she is. Oh, thank you. I haven't watched it, but Chloe was impressed. I thought if Chloe was impressed, then you must have done really well, Jen. Yeah, she sent me a message on that evening because I was working the night that it came out and she sent me a message to say, oh, I think you'll be pleased with the edit. And I thought, well, if Chloe said that, then that must, that must be what I still haven't watched it. I don't know what you, you two are like about watching yourself. I know Maureen loves it. I love watching myself. <laughs> yeah, Maureen loves it. Um, I don't. I, I always can find the thing that's wrong and then that, that ruins... So I'd rather not know and just have the illusion that it went well. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, if you've said it's gone well, Alison, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, I was in the room. I, I remember what happened. <laughs> I don't need to see it again. Um, also, I mean, saying that, I don't have got no idea what was included in the edit because um, you record for three hours. <laughs> oh, wow. And then they, they, they whittle it down to 30 minutes. It's a long old record. So so it's like this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, very much like this podcast. It takes a five-hour record to whittle it down to the to the gold nuggets that we have. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that was a loomer for me in my diary. I, I won't lie to you, uh, because it's it's quite high pressure, isn't it? It's a bit stressful. Um, and no, no, no reflection on the show, everybody. Uh, just on the on the pressure that you feel as a performer to deliver your best, and it was a, a loomer. It's like everything you do the first time. You know your attitude when you did the polo the first time was very different from the second time you did it. I mean, that's just normal human behaviour, isn't it? Oh my God, the first time I was in absolute state. I was like, although I was fine when it came to the to the day, but the lead up to uh, the Apollo, I was like, you know, oh, actually in a way, it wasn't actually as bad as, I, as, uh, as I'm now saying it because I, I had pneumonia, so I was really ill. That's right, you didn't have time to <laughs> <So> panic. Actually, <laughs> I was in bed, so I didn't have time to panic. The record, it's it's great to get that one under the belt. And if they don't ask me back, fine, that's fine. But I've done it and I feel like I did my best and it it, it went well. So that's that's great. Boom. You know, particularly at this time of year, as we're heading up to, towards Christmas, there's there's gigs and there's shows which are in your diary, which you go, I've put those in, I've got to do them. And you don't want to do them. And, the, and you dread them. I, November, for me, was just a series of different looming uh, uh, gigs or, or shows or things where I was like, oh, God, God, once that's done, I'll feel better. Once that's done. And I've got, they're all gone. They've done. I've done them all. So now this lead up to December, which is usually full of loomers, I've made sure there aren't any, I feel like, hey, 
It's okay. I feel a lot less stressed. November, I was out of my tree stressed. And now I just feel, look at me. Look how relaxed I look. I mean, actually, I do look dead. <laughs> Alison, what have you, what's, what's been going on with you, my lovely? Well, I'll keep this real quick, everyone, uh, because I don't, look, we're comedians. We don't mean to talk nothing but gigs. I know it gets boring to the normal person, but here's the thing. We're in December now. So this past weekend, I had my first taste of Christmas and Christmas gigs. Because here's Yay! the thing, everyone. What, what people don't realize is uh, comedians... December is not about us. So December, it's like every gig, you're there. People are there for a work stew. People are there for, you know. And I've been a comedian now for 21 years. And every December, I say to myself, remember, you just leave your ego at the door. You go in. You shake your moneymaker. You make the Christmas people happy. You walk out, and you don't let it affect you. And every year... I am significantly affected. No matter how much of a pep talk I give myself, don't worry about it, Allison. Don't worry about it. It's so funny. But what I was proud of myself this year, the first one I did, it, it was at a, it's at a nightclub, so you know it's going to be great out of the gates. Your feet are sticking to the floor. Oh, and so people are having their dry chicken breast or whatever. They eat their food. They get their dry roll. And it was funny because I went in and I did the gig. And for the first time in 21 years, I just went to the guy who was organizing it afterwards. And I was like, here's a list of things I think you need to do to change it so it's successful for this Christmas. I was like, there's too much bleed through here. You need to start a half hour early. Otherwise, it's no good. Nobody should be doing 25-minute sets. I think it's just 15-minute sets will be the best thing for you to do. But ba ba I gave him a list and he was like, great, we'll do all of that. And I was like, Merry Christmas. See you later. And I just oh, felt yeah. like... For the first time ever, I was like, oh, you're listening to me because you know I've done this more than you have. And it felt real good, everyone. So I hope that that venue has great Christmas gigs now because comedians, you're only going to have to do 15 minutes. You're welcome, everyone. Alison, that's the best advice. And also, let's be honest, anyone that's going to a comedy gig for their Christmas party, the one thing they don't actually want is comedy. They don't... <laughs> don't want comedy none of them do what they want is the free bar yeah they want the dry chicken and they want a, a boogie but they don't want comedy the comedy is getting in is interrupting their evening of chatting to their friends slagging off their manager and getting pissed on the on the company that they've hated for the last 12 months exactly that's what they want to do they don't want to listen to someone going on about hey here's a joke about that oh terry here's funnier than you love it's like well look i think the jury's out there but can we not just finish my story? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, listen, folks, what an absolutely incredible week we've all had. <laughs> I think our weeks are getting less interesting as we head through the year. Okay. Were we more interesting in lockdown? In severe lockdown, <laughs> yeah, we had more to we talk were. about, actually. So we're sorry the, the world has opened up and we're like, I just gig now. That's what I do. That's I go in a gig. Oh, no, no. It was so boring. Anyway, it's uh, almost worth listening to, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Maureen. I know that this has been the Be More Maureen moment that we've all been waiting for in 2021. This is the one Be More Maureen moment that's going to make me change my mind or think differently about you. Let's hear about it from you, Maureen Younger. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. 
Okay, I can just imagine Jen's face when I tell her this. She doesn't know this. So, like, when I get ready, right, I do I get ready for, th I get four things to get ready. So, like, I'll do at a time. So, I, like, have a shower. That's one thing. Dry up. That's two. Put some underarm spray. That's three. Put some shoes on. That's four. And then I tidy up four things, right? And then I get ready again for, for another four things. And then I tidy up four things. If you could see Jen's face now, it is a picture, right? So that is what I do. And then I might even mix it up. So I might do an email between the four and then, or I might do something official, but generally it's like, get ready for things and then uh, tidy up for things. So I was getting ready for this uh, gig, took off what I was wearing, which was a top and trousers, but I only took the top off because that would, and put a dress on, but I didn't take the skirt off because that would have been number five. So I got tidied up for things, carried on getting ready. And then I was at the gig, it was a small gig. So I was at the back of the gig talking to this new comic and the uh, compare was about to bring me on. So I stood up, well, I was about to stand up and realised I had this long blue, I hadn't taken the skirt, I'd never taken the skirt off, I'd forgotten. So I had this long skirt, right? Long pleated blue skirt under a black dress. And I was just about to go on, so I couldn't really do anything. So I basically hitched my dress up at the back took the skirt off and the comic who I'd just met, this new comic was like, what are you doing? Cause all he could see was that I just hitched my dress up and took the skirt off. Cause I couldn't run to the loo or anything. I was about to be brought on. So I basically had to take my skirt off at the back of a gig in front of this new comic who was completely horrified. And I hitched up my skirt. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just taking my skirt off. Which didn't seem to make sense cause I was wearing a dress. But anyway, that was, that was, what do you think? I mean, yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. Jen didn't know about that aspect of my personality. I do four things and then I... I didn't know you had that OCD tendency in you either. You go by fours. That's your... I mean, I know about the thing with the door when we leave the house. So you have to pull it. It doesn't matter what what happens. Maureen has to pull her door how many times? It's got to be divisions of four usually, yeah. So about four times or eight times. Eight, sixteen. <laughs> Sometimes it's twelve. Because like, I'm like, Maureen, you've pulled it. Let's go. And she'll be like, no, no, got to keep going. And I'm like, okay, fine. I think we're done now. No, well, another four. Okay. Well, listen, if it's working for you, well, it isn't working for you, is it? That's the problem. Um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work that time. It actually, the, the logic of the four things uh, stopped making sense because you'd have to have done another four things in order to take your skirt off, wouldn't you? You'd have had to do another three things after that thing. No, I did another four things, but I just forgot the skirt. So I did another four things oh, getting ready, okay. right. but I forgot about the skirt. Okay, yeah. Well, look, I mean, far be it from me to uh, point out the illogical uh, <laughs> where your brain goes, but also there is, sadly, uh, I have to admit, some logic there. I mean... It, 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 I love that you're upset that you had to admit logic. <laughs> that's the annoying thing about it, Maureen, is that often when you say things, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, woman. And then, you know, you scratch the surface, you go, okay, well, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> but um, I, you know that you had the blue skirt underneath the dress, yeah? And you could see the blue skirt. Was It, it was hanging out from under yeah, the dress. Yeah, it's a very long skirt. And you only noticed it. So you'd obviously travelled all the way from your house... It was only when I get to, stood up and I looked down and I was like, what's that blue thing? And I was like, is it a petticoat? And I thought, I don't have a petticoat. And I'm like, oh, it's a skirt. <laughs> petticoat. What was it, 1882? <laughs> of course you don't have a petticoat. Oh, she, and luckily the compere didn't notice. It was a very small room. He was too busy looking at the audience because obviously there was just me at the back, you know, hitching up my dress and taking my skirt off. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think anyone that knows you wouldn't have even, <laughs> would have just gone, oh, Maureen's just 
doing the thing that Moyne does. But if they don't know you, that's when you're in trouble. Because people that know you, when you fall, when you just lie in the middle of a green room and go to sleep, people go, oh, that's... People just step over you. you know? Oh, I did that in Birmingham. You do that everywhere. What do you mean you did that in Birmingham? You do that everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're adorable. Okay. That's... I mean, that's that's Alison saying you're adorable. I want to be clear that that's not me. I'm not saying that. <laughs> that was definitely Alison. Well, Maureen, thank you very much for your uh, unique, <laughs> your unique Maureen Younger moment. <laughs> and now it's time to head over to the woman who has an answer for everything. Yes, it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym. Get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Oh, thank you so much. Well, listen. As we discussed a little bit earlier on, we are getting into the Christmas season. And um you know, every time I, I give some advice, I always give a little disclaimer to say that I am not a professional therapist, and I am not everyone. Um, and given this time of year, I just wanted to take a second because this time of year isn't necessarily always happy for everyone, and in fact, it can be a little depressing. And so I just want to urge you, if there's anyone out there, if you're starting to feel that Christmas gloom leak in and you don't know where to go or you feel alone, just know there's lots of places and lots of people to talk to. And if you want, please send me a DM and I will help you find those places. I don't care where in the world you live. It would be my absolute pleasure to help you find some connection somewhere so you can chat with somebody. So I just wanted to put that out there right away because the problem that we have today is somebody has written in to say, I find this time of year very depressing with the lack of sun. What are some things I can do to help with my seasonal affective disorder? And look, I think seasonal affective disorder affects a lot of people more than we even realize, especially since I moved to England and I've been on this lovely cloudy island. There is not a lot of sun. So I just thought we'd, we'd talk a little bit about things that you can do or even identify when maybe it's creeping in and you don't even notice that seasonal affective disorder is affecting you. So these are some symptoms. You might you might notice it. You're very tired. You want to sleep all the time. Uh, you find it hard to do simple daily tasks, and you crave particularly sugary and starchy foods. Uh, you might put it on a little weight. You're feeling sad, guilty, uh, and just down on yourself in general. You tend to avoid people and activities that before you were doing, and maybe you've lost interest in, yep, You've lost interest in sex, a little bit of physical stuff. Now, these sure seem like big red flags, but they slowly can creep in. Before you know it, they're constant. So these are just some things to look out for. How does the lack of sun affect us? Well, this is how the body works. When we sleep, our body produces melatonin. And sunlight stops the production of melatonin. Melatonin is the hormone, the chemical that makes us want to sleep. It's a part of us. It's, it's a, we need it. But we need sunlight because sunlight produces serotonin in us, which stops the melatonin from being produced. So when we have a lack of sunlight, that melatonin is constantly being produced, which makes us down, makes us drowsy, makes us a little depressed. So here are some things, some, some pre-preventative steps you can take that I think will help you during this time of year. 
First off, if you're feeling any of these things, go to your doctor and get tested for vitamin D. You can go get tested to see where your vitamin D levels are at because vitamin D is is a main part of what the sunlight gives us. And that if you're low on that, that is what will affect you significantly. So see if you can talk to your doctor about getting your vitamin D levels tested. After you talk to your doctor and you have an idea of where you're at, maybe what you're lacking, then maybe you could look into taking some supplements. Now, I take a supplement. I take vitamin D. They say the average person, you're supposed to get about 600 IUD or IU of vitamin D, but everyone's a little bit different, which is why I encourage you to go to your doctor and get it checked out. You can eat in a different way that can kind of contribute. So some foods that you can do that will really help to get the vitamin D are foods like pork, mushrooms, fatty fish, like tuna, mackerel, oyster, shrimp, sardines, cheese, egg yolks, which I know Maureen will be a big fan of. Vitamin D-enriched cereals are out there. Same with soy milk, yogurts, and orange juices that have vitamin D supplements in it. So that's a good place to start as well. Go outside. Even if there isn't a lot of sunlight, you are still getting some vitamin D even through the clouds. So 15, 20 minutes a day outside, just even just to get some of that, really important. Uh, Also exercise. Look, even if it's just stretching a little bit each day, it significantly helps. The other thing you can do is get a light box. Now, these are really interesting because they give you the light that the sun would give you. And the best way to use this is in the morning for about 20 minutes, you put up your light box and it literally just shines on you while you're having your morning coffee, while you're looking at the paper. Yes, it is a little bright. And sometimes the light box, if you have bipolar, if you have some issues, a light box can trigger some episodes. So if that is the case, another option, you can get a a light simulator, a daylight simulator, which is basically an alarm clock that emulates the sun. So your body starts to rise with, with sunlight as opposed to noise. That has no effects on anyone at all. But both of those light simulators can really, really help. The other thing you can do if you have the connections, if not, again, seek it out. I can help you find it anywhere in the world. Some cognitive behavioral therapy, always good. Sometimes we just need to reset the mind into a bit more of a positive frame. And that's hard to do when we're lost in our own head. So someone who understands brains can really help us out that way. Another simple thing, aromatherapy. This didn't even dawn on me, but they're saying aromatherapy. So like you could get a mister and have some uh, essential oils. You can put a little essential oils like peppermint on your wrists, on your temples. This really helps. Stick into a schedule, right? Getting up at the same time of day and just having some basic routines will really help. You're going to hate me for saying this one, everyone. Cut back a little bit on the booze. I'm not saying quit, okay? If you want to have a drink, okay, okay. Uh, don't, don't, don't be bad, but I'm just saying cut back a little bit because alcohol can be a bit of a depressant. Reach out and talk to friends and family. Reach out and talk to people. Even if you don't feel like it, I'm telling you, once you have a conversation with someone you love and that loves you, you'll feel better. And last but not least, if all else fails, maybe you should talk to your doctor and it is time to explore some other types of medication. But more than anything, please don't let this go untended to because it might seem minor, but um, we got one life to live, everyone, and we may as well be living it in a happy state. So that today is my advice. 
Alison, thank you very much. I feel like that was very comprehensive in terms of dealing with any kind of SAD, which I think is absolutely impossible to avoid living in our grey island. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I think if you don't have SAD, you just, you're not paying attention. Okay. You're in denial. (laughs) (laughs) You are heavily in denial. Honestly, I find this time of year just impossible. And I know that I'm probably deficient of vitamin D. I never do anything about it year on year. It started already, that, that, that sense of like, I don't, I can't describe it. It was just sort of like, oh, this, the days just feel like, you get up in the morning, you're like, ugh. It just feels like everything's a drag and it's hard to feel upbeat. So if you are suffering from any kind of mental health like issues that we all do to lesser or greater degree, then this time of year is a real, is a real kick in the dick, isn't it? But those were all great suggestions. I didn't know you could get vitamin D from all of those foodstuffs that you listed. Yeah, and I was really thinking about you when I saw mushrooms because uh, I was like, oh, there's a lot of meat. I know there's a lot of non-meat eaters, but yeah, so mushrooms are a big one. And and, and again, vitamin D-enriched cereals, soy milk, yogurt. So there there is a lot of vitamin D out there as well if you are not necessarily a direct meat eater. Great. Thank you very much, Alison. This is brilliant advice. Maureen, do you have anything to contribute? Yes. Good stuff. And that is the kind of input that I actually enjoy from Maureen Younger. (laughs) Maureen, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put it. It's called being professional, Alison. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? (laughs) So, TV time. What have we all been watching? Lauren Younger. Oh, I've been watching... I watched the end of Shetland, so I've finished that off. I don't know if you watched the end of it. Now, did it pick up? Is it worth... Should I go back and watch it? Because I've watched the first episode. Should I go back and watch it? Um, Yeah, I mean, I did look at my phone at times. And there was one... Uh, t- twist that I actually saw coming, which is very unusual for me because I never see the twist coming. But yeah, I think it's you know it's uh, it's fine. It, like all these procedures, it's the le- person you least expect who did the murder. I did watch. I've been watching little clips because I don't have Disney Plus. Um, do you still have Disney Plus, Jen? Yes, I'll give you my login details, more. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do for all of my. Uh, yeah, all uh, uh, Maureen's got Maureen's got the login details. <laughs> almost everything. It's almost true, actually. Everything. And in fact, on my Netflix account, Maureen's in my family account, so she doesn't have to pay. And what's great about it, Alice, I actually phoned Jen and went, "Can you delete some of the stuff off the Netflix? Because I can't delete, it. I can't download anything." She was like, oh, "Okay then." It's her Netflix. It's not even my Netflix. But I've been watching clips on YouTube, little clips of "Let It Be," which is the new um, Beatles documentary. Yes, and it's yeah. fascinating. Have you seen yeah. it? I haven't seen it, and I will watch it. And it's um, I've got it's it's on it's on uh, uh, Disney and uh, Maureen. After this record, I will. Um... <laughs> send you the disney details and you can watch it um yeah i i um look everyone's been talking about it it is amazing and what, i think what's interesting is you just see paul mccartney and he's just riffing and he's coming up with get back and then let it be and he's just playing around it's great watching the creative process you think oh my god he's just messing around and then he creates let it be well it's a bit like a- us isn't it I mean, you, well, you know when you're riffing and you come out with a really good knob gag and you think, wow. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Happens to us all the time. But, you know, like I think at one point they're talking, the others are talking about light fittings or something and he's just playing around with Let It Be and stuff. It is amazing watching the um, watching them all together and stuff. Oh, my God. It's a three-part documentary. Okay. and uh, Peter for, Jackson. For, it's always in threes. Yeah. For, for anyone who um, isn't aware of this documentary that you can get on Disney+, Plus, it's a three-part documentary. Each uh, episode is between two and a quarter hours and nearly three hours. So, I mean, I think he could have made that into maybe a six-part documentary. (laughs) I don't know why one episode needs to be two hours and 53 minutes. What have you been watching, Jen? I, once again, I haven't been watching very much because obviously I'm always out. But um, I've been keeping up with Succession. Chloe has now decided that she doesn't want to watch Succession anymore. She says that the the, the characters in there are too uh, horrendous and she hates them all so much that she doesn't care what happens anymore. So I appear to be watching that alone now, which is a shame because I like to have company. But I'm still watching Succession and I personally am still enjoying it. Chloe and I watched a film on Sunday night. Um... Uh, I have terrible taste in movies. Although, in 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 my defence, I didn't pick this one. It's called The Little Things, and the reason why we chose it was entirely to do with the cast. We didn't even read anything about what the movie was about. This is absolute classic, uh, Chloe and Jen choices. 
I said to I said to Chloe, oh, there's a film here. It's got um, Remy Malik, Jared Leto, and she went, yeah, I want to watch that. I went, oh, okay. And Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington was the one that uh, that I thought I like him in almost every film I've ever seen. And then Chloe is absolutely in love with Remy Malik since she watched um, the film about Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody, and she's got a massive crush on Jared Leto. As, as almost every woman in her 40s uh, that grew, that, that was a teenager in the 90s has. Um, anyway, we watched it. Uh, it's about serial killer who's murdering women. Of course he is. And um, look, basically, I, I don't even know what to say about this film, but basically there is a reveal that then echoes the ending of the film. Okay, so something happens to Denzel Washington, which then echoes later on in the film, and it happens to Remy Malik, And then you're left... It's one of those films where you go, oh, so there's no satisfactory ending for this film. Yet again, I'm watching a film and you go, oh, so you've given me no satisfaction. I know, I know, I, I, I literally take the piss out of Shetland and go, oh, God. And then it just gets all tied up neatly at the end <laughs> as if that, that doesn't happen in real life. Turns out I like that. I like <laughs> the bow at the end because this film sort of petered out and then you're like oh well was he the serial killer wasn't he the serial killer what happened you know it's that kind of thing i would give it uh, a low star rating N nothing to do with the acting the acting and also jared leto plays this uh, possible serial killer he is outstandingly disgusting and creepy and it is so good at it all of the acting is as through the roof just the story i was like no i just don't think it's for me also Side note, I don't need to see any more uh, things about serial killers ever again. I'm done. I don't want you want to watch any more shows where women are being murdered. I'm done with that. So a few things that got my uh, got my goat while I was watching it. So can I recommend it? It's a hard no. Alison, let's go to you. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to take us on a journey back in time, everyone, to a, uh, a classic. Well, I don't know, Maureen, if you'll find this a classic, but this is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's also very fun. It's funny. It's kitschy. And I went with this one because we were talking about seasonal affective disorder and the lack of sun. Well, this horror movie takes place constantly in the daylight. I always find it interesting when there's a horror movie that it happens during broad day times. It's always an interesting flick because we always think, ooh, dark, creepy. But no. So my horror movie of choice this week is a little ditty called Tremors. Now, it is a classic. It stars Kevin Bacon. It's a 1990 uh, film. Natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them off one by one. It's an amazing movie. If you just want to watch something that is... I mean, it's got monsters. Uh, Reba McIntyre is in it as well. Yeah, early days, hot Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Michael Gross, uh, Robert Jane. It is a great flick. They battle monsters, giant earthworms. You just can't. Nothing says happiness like that. I watched that movie a long, long time ago. Sorry, I did that thing again where I mute myself while you're talking, Alison. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, I absolutely love this film. Love it. I think it's brilliant and I can recommend it. Again, I did watch it a long time ago, but I remember thinking it was, uh, it's funny. 
it is it's it's scary but not like proper scary scary it's kind of kitschy scary and i'll tell you what there's more of there's more suspense isn't there? yes absolutely there's loads of suspense where you're like oh my god what's gonna happen da, 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 da. um and kevin bacon obviously is is great in it and uh doesn't he have skinny legs that's all i remember because he wears very tight jeans in that movie very tight jeans. You can see this isn't a time where there wasn't a lot of like plastic surgery and uh, people steroiding up. Kevin Bacon is his young, beautiful, pure self. You know, he's young, he's lovely. It's very lean. Oh, it it's just such a good movie. I cannot recommend it enough. I have just watched it again recently, and that is why I can stand behind the movie Tremors. Okay, Alison, actually, I think that might be my favorite recommendation of yours. Because I have I have a real soft spot for this film and I absolutely love it. Where, where can we um, stream it? Amazon Prime. Alison, thank you very much for your horror recommendation. Okay, let's head over back to Maureen Younger. We've got to keep doing this every week, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your corner that is cultured? I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, this is, a, this is one of my favourite plays. It's called The Cheviot, The Stag and The Black, Black Oil. And it was written by John McGrath um, and it came out, it travelled, started in Scotland. It was one of the most successful Scottish plays ever. It was a big sensation in uh, 1973. And it was done by the theatre group 784, which was a very famous left-wing theatre group. And they were called that because it turned out that at the time when they were founded, 7% of the, the people owned 84, 84% of the country's wealth. It's probably it's probably <sighs> no worse there. now. Yeah. It's probably worse now. And it, and it was put on TV, the version that you can actually now get it on YouTube. Um, you couldn't get it on YouTube before, which is why I haven't mentioned it before. Um, you can get the whole play from uh, from the 70s. It was on Play for Today, which is a, a uh, Alison, you might not know it. Play for Today was this whole thing that went from the 70s, I think, to, to the early 80s, where they put plays on. And they some of them were absolutely brilliant. Everyone's kind of, everybody was kind of in them. And um, I don't think this play would go on TV now. And what it is, and it sounds, I mean, if, basically the crux of the play is about how economic power systematically damaged a whole culture the culture of the gales in Scotland. But I mean, you can say, oh, that sounds fascinating, but they make it, so what they do is it's, it's, there's a lot of music, there's a lot of laughter, there's a lot of sketches, it's a lot of sketches and then they give you the historic facts. And so actually they draw you in because it's actually very amusing to watch. You know, it's very fun to watch and they're performing it in front of a, a, an audience of gales. And it's obviously their their ancestors are talking about. And it's it basically, it's about the, sorry, 1776, after the Jacobite uprising and then down to the 1970s. And just all through those centuries, basically the gales were screwed over. So first of all, you had the Cheviot, you had the sheep. So they just got rid of people. They burned people's houses down around them and set them over. That's why you've got more Gaelic speakers, Scottish Gaelic speakers in Canada than you do in Scotland. They were The houses were burnt down. They were forced on ships to go to Canada or Australia or whatever. They had no say in the matter. And you've got, and they, and they tell it in quite a, when they're telling these stories, it's quite an objective way they're doing it, which actually makes it more powerful. So you had one woman who couldn't, she was paralyzed. She couldn't walk, burnt her house down. She had to crawl on her hands and knees and was living in the sheep cot. You know, and this is what they were doing to people. And often the men were away. So it was women that were usually fighting this. The men, ironically, a lot of them were fighting. So they're fighting for the Britain and they come back and find out the houses have been burned and the families are being sent off somewhere. 
Um, and obviously Scottish soldiers, particularly Highlanders, were the backbone of the British army. So at one point, the Duke of Sutherland, who was one of the main people and cleared people, you know, he was trying to get people to fight in the British army and they refused. And he was like, they, they dramatised this because, well, what, you know, what about the Russians if they come over here and they burn our, your houses? And they replied, well, nothing, nothing worse than you're doing. So, um, you know, whole populations were moved out of the highlands and then the stag is because later on under you know in the 19, later 19th century it was very popular to hunt stags in scotland so they got rid of even more people because you could make more money from sheep you could make more money from the stags and then about the oil uh, the oil obviously britain managed to screw it up we whereas norway was very clever with their oil we basically handed it to the americans who um, and actually the british government told the americans don't pay the british workers too much they didn't want them to pay them too much right so they actually told them that health and safety was non-existent um and they treated the workers appallingly and of course then the americans refined the oil and charged us four times much as than we sold it to them in the first place so and, but and it sounds very depressing but honestly if you're into drama if you're into political drama i'm quite stodgy when i write drama it's all very traditional and this is a you know they have like um like a book which they open up and it you know it's it's and they have singing and joking and sketches it's very dramatic it's very theatrical and i think it's just fantastic fantastic tv so if you're into obviously scotland or scottish history i mean you'll know the history but it, i just it, i just think it's a fascinating bit of political drama it's the best political drama play i think i've ever ever seen and i think it's when it finished, it was like I had a big run at Glasgow and it was sold out and they they bring it back. I think it's one of the most successful Scottish plays I've ever been written in, in the last century, to be fair. Written by an Englishman. I believe John McGrath was English. So there you go. Brilliant, Maureen. And remind us again the name of the play by John McGrath. The Chivy at the Stag and the Black Black Oil. Thank you, Maureen. I think that that's really important because particularly as English people, we do not get our history uh told to us correctly um we very much have uh, whitewashed ourselves as the heroes of every tale we've made ourselves into the champions and the the conquerors as if that's a positive thing when, when now we understand uh, differently to be fair it wasn't just the english it was scottish you know i mean duke of sutherland was english but he was married to a scot but there were scottish lords scottish clan chiefs who who got happily got rid of their people so it wasn't necessarily an English yes thing. but who did they get rid of who was who who was paying them off yeah and what and what was really interesting because the church and the law was complicit is that it, what they're saying is it's foreign capital you know before it was from Scotland from the lowlands and from England that got rid of these people and now we've you've got multinationals which is, is happening now and they, they have a song which they sing at the very beginning which is very well known in Scotland for these are my mountains and these are my glens and people are singing at the beginning and then it gets very ironic towards the end because obviously they might be in Scotland, but then they don't belong to the Scottish people. These mountains and glens do not belong to the Scots. So it's a it's a very clever, very clever play. Thank you very much, Maureen. That's definitely worth checking out. And it, you can get it for free on YouTube. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. I'm Maureen Younger for your Cultural Corner. These are my mountains and these are my glens. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> Look at my it's mountains and glens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have talked about a lot of things. Uh, we know Maureen's moments. We've been cultured. I've given some advice. But the truth is, it's our favorite time. This is where we air some grievances. And we asked Jen, what the hell's getting your goat this week, Jen? I don't want to lose my shit over... Okay, this is it. Right, Jen's goat is happening now. <laughs> 
thing that's getting everyone's bloody goat. I mean, come the flickety fuck on. What is going on with this government? I I look I don't even know where to begin. I've tried to avoid talking about these pricks for the entire series. It's got too much now. It's too much. It's 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 shit upon shit upon shit. And now I think my head is about to explode. The the U-turns, it's like they've permanently in a car with a handbrake on. They're just spinning around, just, you know, like U-turning every five seconds over everything. For those of you that don't live in this uh, grey old pissy island, uh, our government has now said to us, guess what? <laughs> you might want to pop a mask back on. No flickety fucking shit, Sherlock. By the way, this is a law that has never changed in Scotland or Wales or, uh, or, or Ireland. A majority of rational places in the world. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. Or, or indeed anywhere else in the world. Just England. We thought, oh, this seems, don't forget Freedom Day. Do you remember Freedom Day six months ago? <laughs> Do you remember Freedom Day? Look, I don't even know where to begin. I just think our attitude towards this virus is very cavalier and we don't seem to have much respect for people's lives. You know, it's a very much a fingers crossed. Let's see how it goes. The very idea that uh, we're going to wait three weeks and see what happens. I mean, I can tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what's going to happen. More people will die. OK, that's what's going to happen. How about we have something resembling a policy that protects people and that has some longevity to it instead of some short term populist policy where people go, hooray, I get to whip my mask off for the summer. Oh, dear. Now we go back into lockdown and my kids are really depressed again. Why not have something which manages this virus so that we can live evenly so that we understand what the rules are. Stop changing the fucking rules. Because guess what? People haven't been wearing a mask for six months and now you're going to say to them, wear a mask? I can tell you what's going to happen. They're not going to wear a mask. But had we just kept wearing masks all through the summer and into that, we'd all still be wearing masks, okay? And we wouldn't have to have this stupid view to... Oh, breathe it out, Brister. Breathe it out, love. Okay, <laughs> remember this is entertainment, all right? Remember, this is something that people want to listen to to escape reality. Stop introducing reality to this podcast because it's not what people want to hear. Look, that's what's got my goat. I'm not going to wang on about it any further. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. What I love, I, w- I was playing for the Aust- my Austrian friend, that what I love is that they're going to make masks obligatory from Tuesday because obviously the virus isn't going to be that busy between now and Tuesday. And, um, and also, what's the other thing? <laughs> It's it's, it's taking a break. And also what I love is the fact it's going to be in shops and on tubes, but not in clubs or theatres, because obviously the virus doesn't go to those places. No, it doesn't. It's very fussy. It's very fussy. It doesn't like to be entertained. (laughs) So it just stays outside. I mean, it's just like, there's there's no logic. There's no logic. None of it makes sense. And and it's very much uh, the individual's responsibility. So they, what they've said, you, 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 you have a little think about what you'd like to do. I said, but that doesn't make any difference if I'm wearing a mask and no one else is wearing a mask because all the mask does is protect those people from my germs. It doesn't protect me from their germs. The only way masks work is if we all wear a mask. It doesn't work if I'm wearing a mask and you're not wearing a mask. It doesn't work. But let's not let logic get in the way of of policy making in this country okay <laughs> oh hey ho listen this has been um 
This has been a podcast where we've discussed some heavy stuff. We've discovered uh, some light stuff, uh, a.k.a. Maureen's uh, everything in a four. <laughs> By the way, Maureen, I think you'll find that a lot of people can relate to that. So I think it's good that you that you chatted about that. Alison, you, you discussed the SAD thing. That's well, listen. And and me, I've uh, I told you about a film I didn't enjoy. So we've all brought something <laughs> to the table. Right. I, do you know what? I've got nobody more mooring for next week in my mind. So well, that's to... all right, Maureen. We've got seven days. It'll be all right. Love, <laughs> don't worry. Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? Like us. Leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. Will that do? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.